Welcome to the IMO podcast, honest and open conversations with care leaders. Hey, it's Chris with the IMO podcast. And today I am in two places at the same time. I'm in London, but my wonderful guest Zara is, where are you Zara? I am in Cardiff. Fantastic. So we are embracing lockdown life and we are going super high tech in our IMO podcast recording. Um, Zara, first of all, big news. You've just won on the IMO giveaway. What did you win? I won a um, Madlug rucksack, which I love because Madlug uh, support children in care in not having to carry their stuff around in black bags. So for every bag that's bought, they donate one to a child in care. And I won some IMO goodies, which included um, some pens, a notebook, um, a pop socket, and I also got a free year subscription to a like relaxation app. So where are you? Tell us where you are. Cardiff doing what? Um, I'm studying at Cardiff Metropolitan University, and I am studying social work. And I'm not sure if anyone's noticed, but we're currently in the middle of a global pandemic. How has that been, starting university, Zara, in the middle of a global pandemic? I'm not going to lie, it's been a bit crazy. Um, I don't think anyone could have imagined this still even six months ago. I remember when teachers would say, oh, I'm sure we'll only be off for three weeks or so. And then obviously we never went back to college. And it was just crazy not doing exams and... It's definitely been a different experience um, starting university. Um, so I have one day a week when it's online and then I have one day a week when I'm able to go in for university and actually go onto the campus, um, which I got to do this Tuesday for the first time. And oh my goodness, it was amazing. Oh my goodness, tell me, tell me, tell me. Oh, it was just, it was so awesome because I'd missed the first one due to being in a lockdown in my flat. So I'd missed the first session and this was the first week I could go. And, oh, it was just amazing because online, I lo- I do enjoy it because obviously you can still learn so much. But it's just nice being able to see other people and just even if you're socially distanced, you can still talk and you hear other people's experiences of maybe what they're working in. or And it's just, it's amazing. And the building was really big and I stood next to it and I looked very small. What were you worried about or nervous about before you started? I think the thing that made me most nervous was moving so far away from home. I normally live down in Devon with my foster carer and also my foster brother and our cat. Can't forget Fuzzy. I think the longest I've ever spent away from my foster carer was probably about a week, maybe a week and a half. It it wasn't very long and I, I like being at home. That's like my little space. I like it. So I was really nervous about moving so far away. I think the first few days it was quite, it was crazy to be settling in and obviously meeting new people and the worries of whether you'd fit in with your flatmates and, um, you know, making friends because you can't really go out. So the only people you can make friends with is your flat. So it would have been really awkward if you didn't get on with your flatmates, but I'm lucky enough that I do. So it's, it's all good. That's one thing I do like about technology is it's allowed me to stay connected. I FaceTime my carer. At the start, it was every day or every other day, and it's still quite often. Um, so it's nice to speak to her. Yeah, it's so nice to have that that support when you when you started out. You're in what's called a stay put arrangement. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Can you tell us a bit what that means? 
Of course. Um, so, a bit of backstory quickly. Um, I've been in care since I was 13, and um, it was my first ever placement. And I was placed in the placement that I've been in ever since. So, as time's gone on, it's kind of obviously become my home, and obviously I'm very happy there. Um, an estate put arrangement basically means that I can stay there past 18. So I'm still living there and although I've moved to university now, my bedroom's still at home. So in the holidays, I'll be able to go back and sleep in my bed. That sounds a really great arrangement. Is that something that happens often for care leavers when they go to university? I think it's definitely less likely. I'm not sure, obviously, about the specific statistic, but... I think it is rare for people to be able to stay put, um, but I think it's something that probably should be encouraged more if people are in the position to do so, because I think it really has made a difference knowing that they're still there. It's nice for me to know that when the lockdown in Cardiff is over, I will be able to go home and go and visit my foster mother and then come back. And it's just, it's knowing that they're there. Are you getting any support from your social work team, so your personal advisor, whilst you're away at university? So obviously with a personal advisor, normally they speak to you. I think the minimum they have to speak to you is like every two months, once every two months. So I spoke to her when I first moved into university, uh, I think the day after. And then I spoke to her again, um, actually only this morning, because um, I called her to update her about my current situation because I have been put into a lockdown in my flat. Was it always your plan or dream to go to university? Um, oh, this is an interesting question, actually. Um, I've always known that I've wanted to get into social work eventually, but I had a couple of other plans that I wanted to do. So I was thinking about maybe doing an apprenticeship this year within um, maybe Devon County Council, because there's a couple that they do that I was really interested in. Um, and then maybe go to university after that. Or I was going to take a gap year this year, um, work, save up a bit of money, um, and then go next year. But then my uni- my college um, said, well, you might as well apply this year through UCAS, why don't you have the support from us, and apply for DFA. So I did that, and I applied for five universities. And I two turned me down automatically because it was a DFA, and social work course doesn't actually allow a DFA entry, but the other three universities, including Cardiff, got back to me and said, we can't consider you for next year, but if you'd like to be considered for this year, we'd be happy to accept your application. So I I kind of changed my mind and went for it, and I applied. Um, there was only one university that I got to go to face-to-face for an interview, but then COVID happened, so my other two interviews were online. So I hadn't actually got to visit Cardiff or the university before I applied. So, oh my goodness! So you went, you you, you so you went to university having never been there before and never having visited. We visited Cardiff for a day and then stayed overnight. So I did get to see the town a little bit, and we drove past my university, but I'd never seen the university, and I still didn't know the town at all. And. What brought you towards social work, wanting to qualify as a social worker? I believe that it was probably my experiences. Obviously, being in the care system and um, seeing social workers that really made a difference to me because there were 
they're probably two out of the ones that I had that really made a difference and one to this day that was the one that probably made the biggest difference um, to me and I feel like after I saw how much they obviously could change our lives by helping us and stuff like that I really wanted to kind of give back in a way and be the social worker that I saw in them and I saw that I could potentially be. So what was the difference between the social workers who really stood out and had a positive impact on your life and the ones that didn't so much? It wasn't that the others didn't make a difference. Like, they, in their own way, they all made a difference. But these particular ones just, I feel like they went above and beyond. For example, one of them, when I was going through a really, really hard time, I was in the middle of my, um, I was. it was just before my GCSEs, and we'd had a bit of a family thing um, at home. And I was obviously really down and she'd come and meet me about once a week and we'd go and grab coffee or go for a walk and um, she'd just come and meet me and she was meant to be leaving um, to move to a different team, which meant I'd have lost her. But because of what had happened, she said that I need, obviously I needed disability at that time. So she basically made sure that she could keep me so I was the one person that, like she kind of kept on until I'd finished my GCSEs so that I didn't lose her at this time when I was really quite down um so to me that was something that she really went above and beyond I still have contact every now and then even now she was one of my references for university and say when I turned 18 she um had dropped in a card um so she really did go above and beyond, and I think she was definitely my main inspiration. Have you told her that she's inspired you to become a social worker? Um, I'm not sure if I ever actually have told her. Um, recently, I have lost contact, cause, um, which is really gutting, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to regain contact and let her know where I am now. Um, well, I know she'll be so proud of you. And uh, I bet she'd love to hear from you and hear all, all of your, your successes. There'll be people listening to this who are in the same boat as you. They'll have been uh, in the care system. They'll have just started university and they'll be in the midst of a global pandemic. It sounds to me that there's been ups and downs, but Zara, you're really taking it in your stride. Any tips for anyone listening on how to get through this crazy time? I think one of the main things is to remember you're not alone. Um, it might feel like you are. I've definitely had times when I've got a bit down in my room and I've been, I've missed home or missed my friends. And but just remember, you're not alone. Um, obviously, um, most care leavers will have their PA, and most universities, if not all universities, should have a designated person who deals with care leavers and estranged students. So reach out to them. They will have probably numerous things that they can offer you to support you. And um, just, just remember that no matter what, you've got this, you know, you've probably come so far. Every care leaver's got their own story, their own background. But to get this far, you've, you've just come so far and you're all amazing. Zara, I'm welling up. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness. What I think we need to do is we just need to isolate what you've just said and just send it to everyone in the country. They need to hear that. You are a ray of sunshine. And you just feel like this big, bright beacon of hope in this very complex and difficult time. And I think a lot of people will really appreciate hearing what you've just said. And Zara, I just want to thank you so much. You're a real inspiration. And it's been a lovely, lovely conversation with you. And thank you so much for joining us on the IMO podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening. For more stories, experiences and advice from others in care, visit imohub.org.uk. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at imo underscore latest.